Strongsville Christian Church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Um, there was a MS he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance. To the Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. It's true. When you give, you will reap what you sow. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. I'm going to ask Deacon Frederick just to stay up here with me. And uh, if you guys can give the Lord a hand clap for Deacon Frederick. And you know what? All the folks that were up here, you know what? They've stuck by me. Amen. They've stuck by me when other people have given up on me, when other people call me a bootleg church and a bootleg pastor, and other folks turn their back on me. And, and uh, Pastor Tim, I can't tell you when people said, God told me to join this church. Amen. Six months later, after they get offended, God told me to leave this church. Amen. God don't never do no nothing like that. Amen. But uh, these guys stuck with me, amen. They stuck with me through thick and thin, so I love them. And uh, amen, we're going to have uh, the Lord use Deacon Frederick with a song, amen. 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 Same singer. Uh, amen. Praise the Lord, amen. amen. I'm not sure if you know this song, but it's called I Won't Complain. I'm not sure who it's by either. Okay. Amen. Praise God. I've had some good days and I've had some hills to climb I've had some good days and some sleepless Yeah. 
Amen. On Wednesday, on my way to church, stopped at a red light. The car behind me is going ballistic because I'm not going through the red light. They're flicking me off. I, I can see them in the rearview mirror, and they're waving their hands. They're shouting. You can see the, all the, the animation from the I'm in a red light. What does he want me to do? Bust through the red light and get T-boned? You see, that's not a coincidence. See, the devil knows when you're on the way to God's house, and he's going to try to stir you up in the wrong way. Amen. He's going to try to get you on your worst side. Amen. That way, by the time you come to church, you're all aggravated and frustrated. Look, we're not deceived. We're not uh, tricked with the Satan's devices. Amen. And then this guy, here's the thing. The guy that was so mad at me, he was so mad at me that he had to yell, he slowed down. Could have passed me by. Uh, hear what I'm saying. He was so mad that I didn't go through the red light. He could have passed me by. He slowed down on his own, right, to flick me off. <laughs> because he was so mad that I didn't go through a red light because he was in such a hurry to slow down to flick me off. <laughs> You see how the devil works? Yeah. Look, I've been talking about this blobfish. People are probably like, oh man, Pastor Joe's talking about the blobfish again. If you look at my Facebook, you can see I've been talking about the blobfish. The blobfish was voted one of the ugliest animals on earth. The blobfish looks like this blob with this drooping face, and it's super ugly, right? The blobfish has no muscle, right, or very little muscle. And the blobfish, what it does is it sits at the bottom of the ocean, 15 to 2,000 feet at the bottom of the ocean, and it just drifts around. Right? It waits for food to drift in front of its mouth, and then it opens up. See, a normal fish will chase after its food. A normal fish will stir itself up to go get the food. But the blobfish is so lazy with no muscle, it just sits at the bottom of the ocean and waits for food to come by and lazily opens up his mouth and sucks it up. And here's the thing, that is the ugliest creature voted on the planet of the earth. Folks, Christians can sometimes be like the blobfish. They sit at the bottom of the ocean and they wait for food to come by. But here's the thing. If the food ain't coming by, go get the food. Your God has given us the ability to stir ourselves up in the Lord. Now here's the thing. The ugliest creature on the planet of the earth that was voted as the blobfish, it is only ugly when you take it out of the water. Do you see that? When it, it's ugly when you the fish is supposed to be at the bottom of the ocean, but when you take it out of the water, when you take it out of its natural habitat, it becomes ugly. Uh oh, here it comes. When you take the blobfish and you put it in its natural habitat where it's supposed to be, it looks like a normal fish. You almost can't even tell that it is a blobfish because it looks so normal when it's in the right place. But when you take it out of the water, it becomes this blob. You got you got to Google blobfish just to see how hideous this thing is. He's got it up there. It's just hideous. It it almost makes you question: Did God create something that ugly? But realize it's only that ugly when it's taken out of its proper place. And we as Christians, when you take us out of church, when you take us out of the house of God, we get ugly too. And you have so many folks say, oh, "I am the church. I don't need to go to church." That's that ain't in the Bible. But the Bible says when two or three gather together, there I am. When you're by yourself, you're a dislocated member that will die unless you connect to the body of Christ. I want to talk to you today about stir it up. Yeah. Anyone ever have a blender and uh, you're making mashed potatoes and, yep. and, and, and you have an automatic blender? Well, what happens if the power goes out or if that blender dies? Then you're stuck. You have to stir it by hand. 
Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm Italian. My grandma raised me in the basement with the Italian spaghetti sauce where she would cook that spaghetti all day long. You can't just stir it one time. You can't just stir the spaghetti sauce one time and then leave it alone. You know what happens if you stir it one time and you leave it alone? It'll get burnt and you'll ruin it. You see, a lot of times as Christians, we just want to get stirred up one time yeah. and that we're, we think we're good for the week. Yeah. We get some spiritual place where we're good and we never need to go to church, never need to read the Bible, oh, never need yeah. to worship God, never need to pray. Folks, we need to get stirred up daily. Amen. Amen. We need to stay stirred up, especially in 2021. There's so many things that are coming to God. Says, we don't have time to be stagnant. We have to stay stirred up. Amen. Amen, brother. The Bible says, the Bible says in Luke 18, 13, it says, and they... They on the on the rock, and they which when they heard this, the receive the word with joy. When they hear and see the receive the word with joy, and these things have no root. You see that it says these things have no root for which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Amen. It says, and that which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and choke with cares and riches and pleasures of this life to bring forth no perfection. Amen. See, there are folks that they hear the word of God, they get excited, they jump, they're, they're on fire for God, but they don't continue in the word. Amen. And that stir becomes stagnant. And the bottom of that sauce right. burnt up to the core. No longer usable. No longer presentable. Something that could have been so good with so much potential had it have stayed stirred up. Amen. Blessing Jesus. That's how we are to be as Christians. We are to stay stirred up. You know, there was a time where I was doing a jail ministry and it looked like it was going to be a bad service. And I went to the jail and I was thinking, you know, all these folks are going to come out to hear the preach of the word of God. They're sitting in jail. Nothing else better to do. I got a captivated audience. Nobody came when I first got there and I started to feel the discouragement. And Amen. all of a sudden, the Lord said, stay there. One person's going to come. The correction officer said, nobody's going to come to the service because the Browns are playing. I would go up there at the same time that the Browns were playing. And so they had to choose and sacrifice. Are they going to watch the Browns or are they going to go to church? Right? And the CEO said, oh, no one's going to come to the service. And I said, well, if they don't, I'll go to another floor. I'll wipe the dust off my feet and go there to those go. that are hurting. And I went to the service. One inmate showed up. And I felt like leaving. And God said, stay there. Preach the word of God as if that one inmate was a thousand people. Yes. And I stayed there for that one inmate. I did not focus on the one inmate. I focused on the word that God gave me to give. And I preached it as if I was before a cathedral of a million people. And then in the middle of the service, three more people came. And then by before the end of the service, we had a full house. Amen. See, in God, we have to operate by faith. We can't walk by sight. Sometimes things don't look favorable. Sometimes things don't look spectacular. Sometimes things don't look marvelous. But we have to make sure that we do what God called us to do. Amen. Amen. And I stayed there and God filled up the place. But I had to stir myself up. And the Lord. And then it wasn't very long before I didn't have to stir myself up because the inmates came hungry. They came on fire. They got a touch from the stir. See, when you're stirred up, it won't be long before you start stirring other people up. And then when you stop getting stirred up, they will stir you up. Amen. Is anybody stirred up? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is no auto stir. We need to put ourselves in a position to be stirred up. Amen. Amen. There is no auto stir. We have to put ourselves in a position to be stirred up. Amen. Amen. We're called to be around like-minded people. 
See, a lot of times we don't get stirred up because we surround ourselves with demon-possessed people yeah. who are depressed, who are That's fearful, true. who are gossipers, who are slanderers, yeah. who are all types of addicted, all types of bound. I didn't say love them. I didn't say look down on them. I didn't say think you're better than them. But we need to put ourselves in a position Amen. to be stirred up. Sometimes we ain't stirred up because we surround ourselves with yeah. the devil. Now, I know there's sometimes that God has us do things and, and sends us places where we are surrounded by the devil and we need to stay stirred up. But I'm not talking about going to work or going to school or going home. There are some things that you, you have to go where God has you at. But I'm talking about your choices of who you choose to associate. Amen. Right. Amen. The Bible says wise men will walk with wise men, but a companion of fools shall fall. If you surround yourself with wise men, you'll be wise. You'll stay stirred up. And wise men is not uh, whether they can uh, quote the Pythagorean theory and they know E equals MC squared and how many rotations of the sun. Now, now it's not, I'm not talking about that type of wisdom. I'm talking about the wisdom that comes from the fear of the Lord. Amen. When you stay around that, oh, you'll get stirred up. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Luke 8.15, it says, But that on the good ground are they which in a honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Amen. You see, these folks have an honest and good heart, the Bible says. I'm going to read it again. Luke 18, 8, 15. It says, but that one on good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring it forth with fruit and patience. Folks, we have to guard our heart with all diligence. The enemy is going for the kill shot. Yes. When you go hunting, you don't aim for the feet. When you go hunting, you don't aim for the knee. When you go hunting, you aim for the heart. You go for the kill shot. The Bible says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. It divides asunder the soul, the spirit, and the intentions of the heart. Amen. God will prick you with the word of God and stir up your heart. Even as a pastor, I need to stay under the word of God so that my heart is stirred up in the word of God. Stirred up in the Holy Spirit. Amen. But again, we have to strategically put ourselves in a position so that we are stirred up. Amen? Amen. 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 When we are stirred up, oh no, excuse me, I'm getting ahead. The best way to stir up people is to go straight for the heart. Amen. The best way to stir, stir up people is to go straight for the heart. The devil is going straight for the heart. Amen. Right. But so is God. Yes, the devil is after the heart, but so is God. For me, I'm after the heart. I don't care if you're black, white, Puerto Rican, Chinese. I don't care if you're rich, poor, young, old, sick, healthy. I'm going straight for the heart. See, a lot of folks, when they have conversations, they have vain conversations. Yeah. They have worldly conversations. When you meet someone, they want to talk about the weather. They want to talk about the Browns. And I'm not saying those things are evil, but it's not about the heart. See, a lot of times people will mask their heart and they will cover up the intentions of their heart by talking about vain, non-controversial, fake and phony things that really don't matter about nothing. It's just wasting time. As Christians, we're not called to do that. We're called with a limited amount of time, as Pastor Tim said, that we only have on this earth. Life is a vapor. And we need to make sure that we maximize our time by going straight to the heart. When we talk to folks, talk about, and I'm going to tell you what, the closer you get to God, 
God will increase your discernment and God will actually show you things that are on other people's hearts and you'll be able to address them. Amen. As I preach the word of God, God will reveal to me what's going on in people's hearts. And I don't want to look at anyone in particular, but I'm just saying, amen. God will show me what's going on in the heart. Amen. There's no way that I know, but that God shows it to me. And when God shows it to me, then I can't go on autopilot and do whatever I want. When God exposes something to me, I have to ask the Lord, humble myself before the Lord and say, Lord, now that you revealed it, what do you want me to do with that what you showed me? You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a preacher, teacher, evangelist. All you have to do is be a child of God and God will show you Amen. what's going on with people's hearts. Amen. I listened to what people said. God gifted me with ears to hear. I listened to what people say, but I always listen beyond what they're saying. Because you'll notice a lot of times people won't share what's in their heart. That's right. They'll just share something superficial, but you go beyond that. And you go straight to the heart. Amen. That's how you stir people up is hit them in the heart. And sometimes you're going to have to hit them in the heart with the word of God. And sometimes when you hit them in the heart with the word of God, you have to be prepared that they might not be stirred up the way that you want them to be stirred up. Sometimes people get stirred up in a way that makes them come out against you. But you still have to make sure that you share that word of God. That's right. Amen. There was the Polish pastor in Canada. Yeah. Right? The, the, the Gestapo, I mean, the police came in. <laughs> the police came in with the health department or health inspector or whatever it is. They came in and barged in on their Easter Sunday service last Easter, had no business in there, disrupt their service. Yeah. Right? Disrupt their service, and he rebuked them and the four plus officers all the way out the door. Amen. He rebuked them out the door all the way. Get out of here, Gestapo, Nazis, sicko, psychopaths. He rebuked them all the way. And I got to tell you, here's the thing. Folks, we have to take authority That's over right. the devil. But you ain't taking no authority over a bag of Rice Krispies if you ain't stirred up in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Snack, crackle, pop. Amen. That's what I say, snack, crackle, pop. Bless him, Jesus. Take authority in the name of Jesus over the enemy. Because I'm telling you, in these days that we live in right now, it is a rare thing for a church to be open right now. you got to give praise to God Amen. for Pastor Tim and this church, Pastor Court, and all you guys for being here. Because folks are scared to leave their house right now. Yeah. They're petrified. They, I believe he stayed open the whole time. Is that right? Yeah. He stayed open the whole time. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He don't do check checks at the door. He don't make force people to wear a mask. If you want to wear a mask, that's fine. You right. can come to my church and wear a mask, but we don't force you to. Right. You can come in wearing a hazmat suit if that's what you know. <laughs> you feel like doing. You know, you come in like a moon man if that's what you want to do. But I notice that some folks, the Lord touches them and the fear will disappear. Right. Amen. The fear will disappear Amen. when you're stirred up. Is anybody stirred up today? And look at what it says in Acts 7, 51. God goes straight for the heart. He don't have no time to be playing around. He goes straight for the heart. The Bible says in Acts 7, 51, it says you stiff down. Uh-oh. Come on, bro. Come on, preacher. You stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart. That's right. You see that? The Holy Ghost don't care nothing about the vain rituals, the festivals, the feasts, and eating pork and not eating pork. And and, no, he said you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart. The Holy Ghost goes right for the heart. heart. He don't go for your feelings. Uh-oh. He don't go for your opinion. Uh-oh. He don't go for your desires. Ooh. He don't go for Amen. your will. He goes straight for the heart. Amen. He said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Amen. And he wasn't talking about getting your ears pierced. 
I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say nothing. I'm just saying. Right. He said, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. Now he started talking about Papa. Yeah. It's one thing when you're talking about them, but he, he went past them and he went to Papa. Yeah. Pappy. How many say you can talk about me, but don't talk about my mom? Right. Yeah. You can talk about me all you want, but don't bring my dad into this. Yeah. Come on, man. How many know the Holy Ghost will bring in whoever he wants to bring in? Right. When he wants to stir you up. See, sometimes people don't get no leverage or no gain for the kingdom of heaven because they're too busy walking on eggshells and they're afraid to stir folks up. Bless some Jesus. We don't have time to walk on eggshells. That's right. Break out your steel toe boots and stomp. Amen. Amen. He said, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do you. How many know that you can't be stirred up when you resist the Holy Spirit? Right. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to be honest with you and shame the devil. I was sitting back there next to my wife, and we were doing all the praise and worship. Meanwhile, I was getting stirred up in the Holy Ghost, and God said, I want the church to give the flooring for this church. And I said, no, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. What kind of devil from hell is trying to mislead me? And mislead? I said, no way. And uh, the God said, I don't even want you. I, I don't even care what you're getting ready to preach about until you do what I told you to do. And that's why I made sure that that was the number one agenda was to obey God. After I obey God, now I have access to the kingdom of heaven. But you can't have access to the kingdom of heaven when you're disobeying God. You can't be stirred up when you keep disobeying God. Is anything stirred up? Amen. Ain't revelation. Which of the prophets have not your father persecuted? Man, sometimes the Holy Ghost don't let up. <laughs> and they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one of whom you have been now the betrayer and murderers. He's going straight for the heart. But here's the thing. It's not even him. I don't think he cared none about their pappies and what their grandfathers did. See, when you're in the Holy Ghost, you, God is operating through you. Right. Listen, Lord. He's operating through you automatically. There is an autopilot in the Holy Ghost where all you have to do is just sit back and enjoy the ride. Amen? Amen. Yeah, that's good. And just don't get in the way of the Holy Ghost Amen. stirring up Amen. who he wants to stir up. Amen. And then it'll get stirred up. Amen. Amen. You ever stir something and someone tried to come by and start tasting it before the time? Amen. You're like, get up out of this kitchen. It ain't ready yet. See, they're trying to slow down the stirring process. That's what the devil wants to do is start tasting what it ain't even done yet. Amen. Amen. That's when you take that uh, side spoon, keep stirring with the right hand, and with the left hand, boom. Yeah, that explains the two wooden spoons. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It says, and they have slown, and, and it talks about them being murderers, and who have received the law by the dispositions of the angels and have kept it not. He's saying, look, you even received the law from the angels. Amen. Right? Not a pastor, not a preacher. The literally angels came by, gave you the law, and you still didn't keep it. That means that there are some folks that it don't matter who your pastor is. Pastor Tim, Pastor Corey, Pastor Joseph, Pastor TDJ. It don't matter if it's the Pope himself. When you're not stirred up, you ain't going to listen. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, I used to do construction work. I used to be a local 95 Cleveland carpenter. And one of the jobs that I did, or trades, was we did concrete formwork. And we poured concrete. And so it was my job to signal the concrete truck and pour the concrete. Amen? Yeah. How many know that concrete is unusable? 
if it is not stirred up. That's right. That's true. You, that's why when you see the concrete trucks, it's constantly, constantly being rolling, stirred. Yeah. The moment that we stop getting stirred up, we become unusable. We do more damage than good when we are not stirred up. Stirred up. I got me one. Amen. I'm going to take the one and run. Amen. You see, the concrete truck has to stay stirred up. And then it is manageable. The other day, uh, I believe it was last week or the week after that, I was uh, preparing for some carpet layers to come in and lay down some carpet. But they looked at the place and we had some walls removed and they said, well, uh, the place looks nice and all, but you got to prep these floors before we lay down the carpet. So they have something called a concrete underlayment and that underlayment, it fills in the gap. It's self-leveling. Yeah. Right? So here's the thing. I'm preparing this self and I don't know about this stuff. I'm just doing it. I, I'm not a professional. And I said I was a union carpenter, not a floor layer. Right. And, and I'm just doing this job to save some money. And uh, so I got this stuff and I stir it up and I put it in this container. And I'm thinking I put some extra water in there. I put extra water in there so that it would stay usable. I'm talking about in the uh, the container, and I had to go to lunch. Amen. I was getting hungry, and so I left to go to lunch. Even put extra water in there, thinking that that was going to substitute stirring it up. And I came back. It was rock hard, unusable, and I had to start from scratch. And I, at least I had a good meal in there. But folks, that's what we think. We think that we could walk away, we could substitute stirring things up. There is no look, it's either God's way or no way. No way. Amen. No way. No way. Right. Dead end. Don't rush me. Don't rush me. Man, only Pastor Tim can rush me. And then Pastor Corey. Amen. That was good, man. When we are stirred up in the Holy Ghost, we give Jesus all of our attention. Amen. When we're stirred up in the Holy Ghost, we give Jesus all of our attention. How many know this is what the devil wants to do to stop you That's right. from getting stirred up? Is he wants to take your attention so that you get caught up into the cares of the world. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life. You see, that's what the devil wants to do is steal your attention. See, right now, the devil lost your attention. You see that? The devil lost your attention. The one who has your attention is not me. It's Jesus. Amen. Amen. And for him having your attention, for sustaining your attention, he is going to strengthen you. He is going to build you up. He is going to edify you. Amen. Amen. Stir you up. Amen. When we are stirred up in the Holy Ghost, we give Jesus all our attention, not the devil. In Acts 7.54, we're still there. It says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. But being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You see, he was so stirred up in the Holy Ghost that even though they were gnashing on him with the teeth. Now, here's the thing. That doesn't mean that they came over and started biting on him and gnashing him on the teeth. That means they were talking about him like a dog. They were cussing him out. They were swearing at him. They were talking about his mom, his dog, every bad thing. They were just cursing them to their core. You ever have someone so mad at you that they're spitting on you? That's what it means to be gnashing on the teeth. You see, that's what's going to happen to those that reject Jesus Christ. They are going to be in hell where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. They are going to stay in a sustaining place of anger and resentment. But in God ain't no one angry but the devil. That's right. 
And that's why when Stephen was preaching his word that God gave him, stirred up in the Holy Ghost, even though they were gnashing on him with all kinds of things, he didn't even give the devil no number mind. He, in fact, ignored them. See, the devil gets even madder when you ignore him, when he can't get your attention. Because how many know a bully likes to bully you when you give him attention? But when you stop ignoring him and giving him a reaction... You diffuse him. Yeah. You dethrone him. You depower him. And Stephen, he said, I'm not going to even give you my time. I'm going to look up to heaven. And when he looked up to heaven, he saw Jesus sitting at the right hand Amen. of the Father. Are you that stirred up? Let me ask you a question. Are you that stirred up that no matter what people say to you, you keep looking to Jesus. Yes. Are you that stirred up that no matter what they say, no matter what they do, it's not even that valuable of a thing that you keep your eyes on the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you, that's how we make it through all of this garbage that's going on that's right, right now. Yeah. All right. this insanity, all this weirdness where we the people can't even figure out what bathroom to use. They can't figure out what clothes to use. They don't know whether they're a man or female. They're trying to take hormone replacements. They, 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 they're addicted to lust and perversion. They're calling evil good and good evil. They're addicted to wickedness and demons and all kinds of... The only way you're going to get through this, the only way you're going to get through this is to keep your eyes on Jesus, stay stirred up. And I'm going to tell you that why 10,000 fall at your right hand and 10,000 at your right hand, it's not going to fall nigh thee. I know I'm butchering the scriptures because I'm getting stirred up. Sometimes when you get stirred up, it's only going to come out. Amen. If you get excited. Amen. Amen. Take a run. Amen. Amen. I'm about to. Amen. I'm kind of heavy though. Amen. Amen. I'm kind of big boned. I'm gonna have to take a light job. Amen. Amen. My pastor said there ain't nothing such as a skinny pastor. Amen. Amen. Big boned it is. Amen. Amen. Honestly, I'm trying to lose weight. Amen. Don't, don't stone me. Amen. I'm really trying to. Amen. I'm trying. Lord help me. Why'd you make food taste so good? I know. Bro, I got you. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. And Italian? Wow. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> when we see the heavens open up to us, nothing else matters. You see that? When we see the heavens open up, nothing else matters. Amen. I just got a little bit more I'm going to share, and then we're gonna, I'm going to be done. Amen. When we see the heavens open up, nothing else matters. You know, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Before I was a Christian, I was an atheist. I used to smoke weed out of Bible papers with words on it. I used to make fun of Christians. In fact, not only did I make fun of Christians, I hated Christians. I was raised as an atheist. I've been in and out of jail, in and out of prison. Used to shoot up people's houses. Used to steal cop cars. Used to fight, steal, break into houses. I was into all kinds of sin and wickedness. Amen? And then in that lifestyle that I was living, I got a taste of what I was sowing. And I lived with a woman who I was not married to. And she got sick of the way that I was cheating on her, using her, taking advantage of her. And she falsely accused me of rape. And I was looking at 45 years to double life in prison. And I found myself as an atheist locked up at the Cleveland Justice Center looking at 45 years to double life and I was going to kill myself. I saw no hope. I was a convicted criminal. I, I had a huge record. I had no money. I had wasted everything I had. I had burned all the bridges. I couldn't even get my family to come and visit me. All my friends and the people that I dealt with, I had done them wrong. They wouldn't even come to visit me in the jail. And here I was falsely accused of rape, looking at 45 years to double life in prison. And I had planned to kill myself. And I was so depressed 
that I, it was more painful to live one more day. It was so painful, the, 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 the pain that was on my shoulders, all the guilt of all the sin that I did, all types of wickedness, not even believing that God was real. And then if God was real, there was no way that he loved a wicked person like me. And I had decided to kill myself in the county justice center jail. And I had lost all hope. No hope for any future. No light at the end of the tunnel. I just wanted to take my own life. And I took up this antidepressant medicine. I, I saved it. And I was going to overdose on the medicine. And I was going to hang myself around the neck with a sheet. And, and I had one of those beds in the jail that went off the wall like this. And we had the metal bars, and I was going to hang myself around that metal bar. A, a couple of years after I got out of jail, someone did hang themselves on Christmas the same way that I was going to hang myself. And right when I was getting ready to do it, I, my heart was so hard. I didn't cry for eight years. Eight years, and I didn't cry from a hard heart. And the pressure and the weight of everything, it dropped me to my knees. And I got on my hands and knees in the jail cell. There was no pastor. There was no church. There was no choir. There was no keyboard player, no guitarist. It was just me and God and the devil. And I was ready to take my own life. And I got down to my hands and knees. And I cried for the first time in eight years. And I said, God, if you're real, if you're real, you know I did not rape this woman. But if you help me, I will serve you the rest of my life. And that was in 2002. That was in 2002 that I made that promise to God. I said, God, if you help me, I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. But I said, God, if you don't help me right now, right. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Because I was done, didn't even believe that God was real in the first place. And I got up, I wiped the tears from pouring out of my eyes, and I walked over to my jail cell in the where the metal shelf was, and I put the toilet paper on the jail cell window and I covered up the window so that no one would see my dead body. And I walked over to the shelf, the metal shelf, and I saw a Bible there. <laughs> Amen. And I had never opened a Bible in my entire life other than to smoke weed out of it. And I opened up the Bible randomly yeah. to Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. And I read the story about Joseph being falsely accused of rape by Potiphar's wife. And I saw how God took his life who had no hope, falsely accused of rape. And I thought to myself, I didn't believe in God, but what are the odds that my name is Joseph? I'm falsely accused of rape. I don't even believe in God. I don't even believe in the stinking Bible. I just want to smoke weed out of it and mock God. And here I see my name and I read it for the first time. And right there I gave my life to Jesus Christ and my Lord and Savior. And I have not been the same since. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. And He changed my mind, my heart. He gave me a purpose. And the purpose that He gave me was greater than my situation. And then a week later, the woman who falsely accused me of rape, she came to visit me at the jail. She came to visit me. The woman who falsely accused me of rape, she came to visit her rapist at the jail several times. And they had documented it. And so my 45 years to double life in prison that I was facing, they reduced the charges down to a gross sexual imposition, which is still a lie. But it's a lot better than 45 years to double life in prison. And the woman who falsely accused me, she started putting money on my commissary. And yeah, it's possible I could have took it to trial and lost. But odds are when people find out that the rape victim is putting money on the commissary of the rapist, that it's going to be a weak case. Yeah. And they were going to give me time served 
and let me go home. And I told them, no. I got mad. I said, I want you to drop the charges. They said, we can't. They said, if you don't plead guilty, if you don't plead guilty, we're going to come at you. And I said, but if you think that I was a guilty rapist, why are you going to let me go so I can go out and rape more people? Yeah. Come on up. And I ended up fighting the case for about 10 months. And my lawyer, who really did, I believe, was sincere, he said, just plead guilty to the felony for GSI, gross sexual imposition. You're going to have to register as a sex offender. And that was a shame that I can't even express. But it was a fake shame because I was innocent. But here's the thing. Had I have taken that plea bargain and got out right there, I would have went back into my old ways. Even though I cried and I, I, all that stuff was great, I needed to go to jail. I needed to go to prison for two years. In prison, I went to church every single day. I was in the choir. I was in every service that was available for two years. I got my GED in prison. When I walked into prison, I was an atheist. I could not even read. I didn't know multiplication. I didn't even know the order of my months. And God let me graduate with my GED in prison. And then I got out of prison and I graduated from college. And God has taken that promise that I made to him very seriously. But so did I. I told him I was going to serve him the rest of my life. And I have not been the same since. since. And i got to tell you, the absolute most painful, worst thing that I ever experienced ended up becoming the best thing yeah. that ever happened to me in my life. The woman who falsely accused me, she saved my life. God used her. Yes. To stir me up like never before. If you can only know how wicked my heart was. If you can only know how much violence was inside of me. How much hatred was inside of me. How not only would I not be talking about, yeah, we're going to do the carpet for a church. We'd be robbing the carpet of the church. And taking the church with us. Amen. That, that's where our heart was in. You see, God has a way to take the uttermost, or the guttermost and turn it to the uttermost. Yes. He has a way of taking what's meant for evil and turning it around for the good. Amen. Amen. And so because of that, God had given me a heart to go into the prisons and go into the jails and give them a hope where there is no hope. To share them the gospel of Jesus Christ and that the power of the Holy Ghost can break and destroy yokes and to stir up the inmates and let them know that there's another life. That there is hope where you see no hope. And I do the same thing in church. I, I, I Believe it or not, I preach the same sermon in the jail that I do in the church. Amen? Same thing that I preach at the nursing home. It's the same. Why? Because people are the same. Just some different choices and different situations. But we all have to be stirred up in the heart. Amen. Let me get back into the sermon. Amen? Amen. Don't rest me. I'm almost done with this. Amen. You guys got a good church here, honestly. I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't a good church. Amen. 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 My last point, folks, I want to leave with you is uh, it is impossible to take things personal and stay offended when we are stirred up in the spirit. Oh, remember this. It is impossible to be offended when we're stirred up yeah. in the Holy Ghost. Yes. You see, a lot of times we get offended, we get hurt, we get upset, and all these things bother us because we're not stirred up. Amen. Amen. We got stagnant. And now things, little petty things that don't really mean no never mind if you compare it to eternity. Now all of a sudden they're, they're slowing us down. They're messing us up. They're stumbling blocks. Why? Because we're not stirred up. When you're not stirred up, even the littlest thing Amen. You shuts you down. Yeah. Well, I was going to go to uh, the, uh, 
I was going to go to the uh, Word of Life Ministries with Pastor Tim. I was going to go to the Word of Life Ministries, but you know, Pastor didn't shake my hand. And, and then he shook my hand, but he didn't shake my hand when I wanted him to shake my hand. And therefore, I got to go. I got to find another church. Or you know what? Pastor Tim, the, uh, the Word of Life Ministries with Pastor Tim, you know what? Their church is not good enough for me because they don't have enough people there. Or it's too small. Or it's not this. It's not that. Well, folks, if you're stirred up in the Holy Ghost, you ain't there for any of that anyhow. You're there for the Word of God. You're there for Jesus Christ. You're there for the Holy Ghost. You're there to stir other people up. You're there to be a beacon in life. You ain't there for coffee and donuts and cake. And if you have that, it's fine. But that's not what we're there for. You know what? Folks, when folks are not stirred up, it don't matter where you put them. They're going to be unhappy. It don't matter. But when you're stirred up, you can be with just one person. And you can have a good time Amen. in the Holy Ghost. That's right. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. In case you didn't hear me, it's impossible to take things personal and stay offended. Anyone ever been offended? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. In Acts 7, 59, it says, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and saying, The Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, saying, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Amen. And when he said this, he fell asleep. That's right. No, he didn't start complaining like, God, how dare you allow these? I'm the, I'm the anointed man of God. I'm so special. And you allowed this tragedy to come upon me that they disrespected me with gnashing of teeth. And they pulled out stones. And they started taking all these stones. And they started throwing stones at me. He didn't say none of that. Because he was so stirred up. That all the stones, as they were taking his life, as they were, he didn't start doing kung fu. <laughs> he didn't start grabbing stones and throwing stones back. You see, when you're stirred up, you don't have to throw stones back. Amen. That's right. Amen. How many Christians? Oh, Come on. I can feel the tension. Come on. I'm sorry, Pastor. I don't, mean, <laughs> I don't mean to stir things up. Amen. See, because I get to leave. Amen. You guys will be here. Amen. I ain't, he ain't coming back here. No. <laughs> yeah, stir them up. Amen. No, I, hey, look. I heard Pastor Corey preach and I heard Pastor Tim preach. I know you guys like it rough. Amen. I know you guys, you guys like the word of God. Amen. Oh, I know. Amen. Praise God. Now, I didn't mean, you know, I'm just saying. Amen. They like, you guys like the word of God. My pastor used to say, a strong word make a strong people. Amen. A strong word make a strong people. Amen. Amen. Acts 7 59 says, They stoned Stephen, calling upon God. Uh, and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, laying out this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, folks, you ought to be encouraged and convicted and inspired all in one nutshell that the next time someone throws stones at you, you ought to say, Lord, lay not this sin upon their charge. And then watch the heaven open up for you. Watch God take what's meant for evil and bless you with the very thing that they're trying to attack you with. Now circling back. You know what that one uh, wicked lady always says? Let me circle back to that. You know, let me circle back to that. Let me circle back to that. Jim That Polish pastor in Canada, all the attacks that they did with him, all the texts that they did to him, how they, they, they went in there and they threatened him with fines for having church on Easter. And they threatened him with fines and threatened him with jail. The, everything that they used against him, 
God used that to promote his church. And the video went viral. He has millions and millions and millions of viewers. Even non-Christians are respecting that man. You see, by them, they, they came in there trying to attack the man of God, discourage the pastor, destroy him, threaten him, and disrupt his Easter service. Right? And instead, what they did is they promoted him beyond comprehension. Right. Folks, if you were to try to use advertisement, you know, you can't even get in a magazine without dropping a couple grand just to be in a cheap, cheesy little magazine and advertise the church. His video went viral. You can't even put a price dollar of the advertisement that came from that. That pastor's going to have people tithing and donating out of his ears. He ain't going to have room to receive the blessing. Amen. He was stirred up. Amen. And when you get stirred up, the devil gets stirred up. The devil's going to persecute you. God will use that persecution that the devil used to propel you and bless you and advance the kingdom. How's that work? Praise the Lord. Anyone stirred up? I'm stirred up. All right. Amen. We're God here, man. Amen. Don't walk away unstirred up. Amen. I'm rushing. <laughs> 2 Timothy 1.6, it says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Amen. See, when you're stirred up, you don't have no time for fear. You don't have time for that. You only have time for faith in Jesus Christ. Stirred up. 